Hello and welcome to Healthline 3. I'm Terry Simmons. Today we're talking with Dr. Charles Bird with WK North Laparoscopic Surgical Associates. We're going to be talking about different types of hernias and how they can be repaired. We'll be taking your calls throughout the show and as a reminder, please make sure you're in a quiet room with your TV turned down all the way before you call in so we can be sure and hear your questions. The number to call is 318-219-4569 and you'll see it later on and all through the show at the bottom of your screen. Hi, Dr. Bird. Thank you for being here. Well, thank you for allowing me to come. <laughs> oh, it's mm. our pleasure. Mm -hmm. And so tell us, we've talked a little bit um, this morning about laparoscopic surgery, and let's go ahead and refresh everyone that really means. How is that done? Well, laparoscopic is the type of procedure that began approximately 30 years ago, showing how we could do operative procedures. Now we're learning, doing a lot of places in the abdomen and the chest and stuff, but we found out the uncomplicated things we were able to do laparoscopically and it caused the patients to recover faster. So probably I would say three-fourths of the gallbladders that I do now are done as an outpatient. They go home four hours later. So this minimally invasive surgery has been the thing that has changed the treatment problems in medicine and reduced the comorbidities that people expect, expected to achieve that didn't happen. They they could have lung problems and actually tolerate surgery well. So there are so many benefits to that. Besides the yes. smaller incisions and mm -hmm. going home quicker, what else are the benefits? Well, one of the good benefits of it is that a lot of people don't have a major incision and that is really filled with abdominal wall discomfort for up to two to three weeks. With a laparoscopic approach, then that can be only two days or three days of noticing anything. Oh my goodness, mm -hmm. it's a big difference. Yes. Yeah, mm -hmm. and to be able to go home the same day is just incredible. That is good, mm -hmm. that is good. Yes, and so tell us about um, what, first of all, let's start with what a hernia actually is. Can you describe that to us? Yeah, a hernia is something moving from the area where it's supposed to be through a hole to a place it's not supposed to be. <laughs> okay. And, and the herniating material a lot of people have herniated material that may be only fatty tissue. It's not a real uh, problem with, I guess, their ability to live and everything, you know, threat. But if it's intestines, the intestines can get caught and get strangulated, then it becomes a life-threatening issue. Okay, and is that, uh, is that <coughs> called a specific hernia when that happens? Does it have a name? Well, we, we, if the hernia cannot be reduced, it's called incarcerated. Mm -hmm. That means it cannot go back in and it can be pinched off circulation and cause it to die. Okay. And so tell us about the different types of hernias because I know we talked to you this morning, there's several different kinds. Yeah, the most common hernias we, a lot of people talk about and that calls inguinal hernia. That's the growing hernia. And there are several types occurring down there. They're called indirect and direct and femoral, all of these things, but they're treated the same way. But the other kind of hernias you can find is around the navel. A lot of people have hernias form around their navel. We call them umbilical hernias. And that's something that's real common among a lot of people. It's a little tiny hernia that then grows. And I've seen hernias get so big, it's bigger than your fist, the hole and intestines push out real big. So these are things that need to be addressed and they're easier to treat when they're smaller. And it's probably wise if you develop a hernia and it's small, don't say, well, I'll wait a month, a year, or three years, or whatever. 
that's one that can turn out to have a complication on them later on. So it can push through and just it'll just keep pushing through. People it'll who keep, wait yeah. and it'll just get worse. And Once worse. there's a hole in the abdominal wall, something can push through it. It'll constantly go back and forth. Okay. And so, and how soon can someone after this surgery get back to their daily activities? So they can go home, can they just jump right in and start doing things or do they well, need to be careful? What I normally tell my patients, this is the normal thing, I tell them after the day of surgery, since we do this with him lying flat and we inflate the abdomen with a carbon dioxide process that stretches everything up so we can do the surgery, we let it all out. But once we let it all out at the operating room, not all of it leaves exactly, and if they stand up and sit up, that actually migrates up inside the abdomen to the liver, I mean, and above the liver to the diaphragm, and can make them have discomfort in the shoulder, which will last six or eight hours. But if they lay flat on their bed, that's all absorbed over a four to six hour period. So that's one thing we pay attention to. But most patients that have this type of procedure done we actually put devices over the incision that's water repellent. They can shower the next day. Hmm. They can walk a lot and stuff like that. But uh, tub baths, we tell them to wait two or three days before because getting in and out of a tub, they have discomfort in the abdominal wall with the tiny little incisions we put in. Okay, and can like <clears throat> heavy lifting, can that Heavy lifting, uh, we restrict heavy lifting, bending over and picking up for several weeks. But if you're standing up perfectly straight and you're holding on standing straight, 20 pounds, you can move it over like that and do no harm. But bending over and getting five pounds off the floor is an issue. So just being aware and using common yeah, sense right. and listen to your body, but you can pretty much jump it's, in and be active. It's easier to get over and with, and majority of the patients we do laparoscopic hernia repairs on, we let them drive a car in a couple of days and go back to their normal light work. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, we have a caller for you. Anna, what is your question for the doctor? Um, I was wondering, I have a C-section scar, um, and it was also used again um, to, for a hysterectomy. Um, and I have not kind of um, building up, I guess, around the scar. Um, and I was wondering, I know you said something about like hernias and, and the scar tissue and all that. Is all that related and, and can all that be removed also? Absolutely. You're describing prox probably what we call a small incisional hernia, which occurs anytime you have open incisions in the abdominal wall. And when we close it up, some people that suture closure doesn't hold it tight and it splits open, things starts pushing up through. And that's what you could be experiencing is very small. This is something we do a lot of work on laparoscopically repairing them. We put a tiny mesh inside laparoscopically and tack it up there and it blocks it and everything's fine. Okay. Wow. Okay. Thank you very much. Okay. Thank you for calling Anna. So that was my next question about mesh. We hear about mesh in different surgeries. Mm -hmm. What is that exactly and how is that used? Well, <coughs> there are meshes that are artificial, which is most of what we use on the uh, laparoscopic hernias in the groin. But for the incisional hernias in the abdominal cavity, we use another mesh 
that can be uh, artificial, but we can also, we have a biologic mesh that sometimes we use. But in this case, for small hernias, we use these other little bitty meshes that attacks up there, and they do fine after it's done, and they don't hurt from the mesh. Okay. Well, I believe we have another caller for you. Vincent, thanks for <coughs> calling. What is your question for Dr. Bird? I had uh, an operation uh, below my belly button and uh, several years ago the VA did it and now uh, it's the hernia is above my belly button. You can stick your finger in the hole. So I was wondering what I ought to do about it. That is definitely a hernia that has to be repaired. Uh, normally what we do when we see patients with this, we do a CAT scan to identify the actual size of the hernia and what's herniating up there. Sometimes it's little small fatty tissue called the omentum in the abdomen that can herniate up there. There's no immediate danger. But if we do in that CAT scan and shows that it has intestines, then that's something you need to consider surgical repair as soon as possible. Thank you. <coughs> All right, thank you, Vincent. Thank you so much for calling. Mm -hmm. So those are good questions to find out these people are calling you with these, <clears throat> that they're suffering, they're experiencing right now. So yeah. do you suggest someone going straight to the doctor? <clears throat> do they go to the hospital? Do they go? Majority of the patients, they can see their primary care and then they'll know, make a diagnosis that they have a hernia. Okay. And uh, they'll refer them to us. We see them in our office and prepare them for surgery. But when they have severe pain with it, they go, go to the emergency room. Right. And these individuals, we usually find out that we have these incarcerated hernias that are painful, then we go ahead and repair them while they're there. I mm -hmm. mean, maybe the next day, but it's still something that's done quickly. Okay. Mm -hmm. I think we have a Rosalind on the line. What is your question for the doctor? Yes, I had uh, hernia surgery uh, eight months ago, and it came back. This is about the seventh time I'm going through this in the last few years. Now this time when it came back, it says it's where it is, it pushed up and it's a lot bigger. And I, of course, my, uh, the other doctors, my attention pushed it up. Now I'm going, I have to have surgery again. Oh. Like I said, this is the seventh time I've gone through this. Where, where was this surgery done before? Uh, the last one I had done was in the uh, uh, Christian Hospital in Shreveport. I won't name my doctor. He he wants to go do it again, and he talked about a wall to put over it. Well, it must be a big hernia you have, and how many times? Yeah, it came back bigger. I never had it this big. All right. How many times have you had surgery in this area? Seven times with all different doctors. Seven times. Mm-hmm. Well, when people have hernias recurring like that there is a deformity problem of closing it, suturing up the ligaments together. And there's some way of going to on the each side of the muscles of the abdominal wall. There are three muscle layers on each side of the abdominal wall that are attached to the big ligaments in the middle. We have to release that muscle on both sides to allow for the mid in, inside area to be closed up without tension. And these people that do this, I wind up putting in biologic meshes on top of to reinforce the tissue so the healing can take place and reduces the chances of recurrences in these large hernias. Well, see, my problem with where it's at, that's where it keeps showing up. It always comes back to normal size except this time. 
there's nothing there on my left side now, it's all desert. When he did it, he went to my right side to pull over the muscle to cover it, but it came back. And it well, came back bigger than it usually was. Did he, well, I would have to look at his operative note to really be able to answer that properly, but I need to find out if he had a lateral release, is what we call it, on both sides. And it's an involved area that takes a lot of areas to free up to, to allow for the relaxation so that stuff can be brought in the middle. But I've seen complex problems and people like you may have had enough damage done to tissue that circulation is not good and it kind of compromises the healing process from circulation not being as good. But it's a CAT scan that needs to be done on you and I'd love to see your operative report. <laughs> A cast here, okay. <clears throat> um, how do I go about doing that now? <laughs> well, anytime you have this problem, I have patients, what you're describing, who's had treatments at other areas to come in. We can seek for and get all the operative reports and everything brought to us. Do you know the number to your office? She can give you. You can give her the number, and she can call you. Oh, the area code. Yes, yeah, like four. My area code is 318, office number is 212-6710. Yes, or this other one would be 212-4799. Okay, thank you, then I will call you. <laughs> okay, I'll be glad to. What's your name? Rosalind DeSilva. Rosalind? Because the doctor did this, is gonna go do it again, but I, I mentioned a cat scan, but they don't think they need to do one. Well, we'll see. We'll so come in, we'll come in and we'll cuss and discuss, okay? <laughs> okay, thank you. Okay. All right, good luck to you, Rosalind. So is that typical that someone would have more than one hernia operation <clears throat> in the same area? I've seen them. My best results have come out when people have had recurrences. The most common cause for recurrence of major surgery in hernia repairs is due to tension to pull on so the healing doesn't take place good. And if you release that on the side, it's relaxing so when we put it together, it can then heal. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I think we have a Violet on the line <coughs> for you right now. Violet, what is your question <coughs> for Dr. Bird? Hi. I have a 50-year-old Down syndrome son that has a very large high hernia. He's had it for several years. Um, obviously, he got it from lifting weights, and he had to stop lifting weights. I've seen two doctors taking him to two several years ago. They will not do surgery because they said it's a very painful, uh, would take him a heck of a time to recover because of the muscle to go through. I'm just wondering if you agree with that now, or is this new surgery would be able to help him, or do we just let it alone? Now, where is it located? Right up uh, high, uh, above his waistline, right up almost in his ribcage, Larry. When he sits up, it just bulges out in the middle of his stomach, sort of. Well, has he had a surgery in that area before? No, sir. Or uh, has he had trauma to his chest, ribcage injury? No, sir. So he bulges mm -hmm. out at that side up high. Is it more on the right side? It's dead center. <laughs> no, it's dead center. 
Okay, mm -hmm. when, he right. when he stands up, it bulges out more? Uh, mainly when he sits up, you just see it just go, I mean, it just rises up. Okay. It, it has he, gotten bigger over the years. When he lies down, it tends to go back, right? Yes, sir. Did they ever call it, it something called... It doesn't seem to bother him. Huh? It, it does bother him? It doesn't him? seem to bother him. Oh, yeah. It doesn't. Okay, mm -hmm. what well, we got to think about, <clears throat> there is a condition in the midline of the abdomen from the navel up to the chest wall there are two separate muscle groups that are normally separated by everybody about a half an inch. But sometimes that ligament stretches out and go about three inches wide, and when they stand up, everything bulges out. And this is called diastasis recti, which is a different problem. It's not a, quote, hernia like we normally describe, but it can be extremely symptomatic, and reconstruction of the abdominal wall can be done to deliver that. Hmm. But it would be a bad, hard surgery on him? <clears throat> it is. It's an open procedure, and you have to sew all that muscle groups, pushing it together in the midline. And then after that's done, depending on <clears throat> if they've got a weakness of muscles and ligaments, sometimes we have to put the biologic mesh on top of it to anchor it. But in this case, uh, He's 50, he's still young enough. If he were 80, we'd be talking about the biologic mesh, but he probably has a good chance of healing if he's symptomatic from it. The main thing is he needs a CAT scan to prove if there is something pushing through, like intestines, through a smaller hole. Hmm. Well, since it doesn't seem to hurt him, he ne course, he's one of those people that never complains about pain. Mm -hmm. He doesn't say much, so I have to watch it. I've never seen him act like that bothers him. What I was told was that if it ever ruptured, he would just take him to his knees in pain and have to do surgery. Do you uh, agree with that? Well, I'm not sure. I'd like to see that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I well, mean, I know a lot of things that would cause severe pain, but uh, I mean, I've done thousands and thousands of hernias, and I would have a chance to at least evaluate someone like that who had something that I had to justify whether it's worthy of going through surgery or putting them through it, but... Uh, right. Is it dangerous? Well, the danger... I mean, just having it, is it dangerous? Uh, if it's a diastasis recti and there's no bowel caught in a little hole going through, there's no danger of having it. Okay. Okay, and that's what I was told before, so... Okay, well, I appreciate your time. Uh, just had was glad that you were on there to get another opinion because it's been years since we saw a doctor because like everybody refuses to do it uh, in the past. Well, so I, I, I'd be interested in giving you a third opinion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I will consider that, and I do appreciate your time very much. Okay, dear. Thank you so much. <clears throat> Good luck with everything. And so that's an, an interesting discussion too about that. That was something totally different. Wouldn't be a, a laparoscopic surgery. That's no, a more it's intense. an open operation. Yeah. Yes. Okay. And the recovery on that would be. It's a major incision. It's a week or so. Sometimes in the hospital. Okay. And their activity after that for three or four weeks is limited. He would really have to mm -hmm. take it easy. Okay. I think we have a Milton on the line. Milton, <laughs> thanks for calling. What is your question? Milton? Okay. Okay. So I guess we lost Milton. Maybe he'll call back. So
So tell us more about the different types. Can all hernias be um, repaired through laparoscopic surgery? Or <coughs> Only the huge ones, large oh. ones. The three inches, four inches in diameter is probably the, the largest we normally go. We could put an artificial screen in on the inside. But uh, the smaller ones that are smaller, the only ones we can't actually fix if they have had a major operation, had an incision or hernia form in that area, and you go in laparoscopically and they got adhesions from the surgery locking, blocking it from being exposed. Then we have to open it up and it's a more complicated procedure doing it that way anyway, but still, uh, I would say one out of 20 or probably the ones that we would have to wind up opening up because of adhesions and things like that. Right, okay. Well, I think we have Milton <coughs> back on the line. Hi, Milton. <coughs> What's your question for Dr. Bird? Well, my question today is I, I have a honey in my groin, and uh, I'm 85 years old, and I've been told I'm too old to have surgery now, and uh, I'm wondering since I had this honey, can it block my impression and keep me from having bowel, bowel movements because I'm having trouble with my bowels now? Absolutely. The intestines can get caught in that hernia. <clears throat> Is the hernia on the left side or the right side? It's on the right side, and I went to my doctor, and he felt it, but he said he didn't believe that it was, it was blocking my intestines. Well... Usually, only thing can go through on the right side is the small intestines, and you can have a partial obstruction. <clears throat> but there are a whole lot of variable problems with it. You said you're 85. I'm 85 years old, and they don't want to do no major surgery on me now because I have other physical conditions. Well, what are the other conditions? Because that could be a definite limiting factor. Are you able to walk? I'm able to walk. I have four-stage kidney problem and uh, I suffer with high blood pressure. Are you on dialysis? No, I'm not on dialysis yet. I'm just okay. stage four right now. Okay, well, I've operated on 80, 90-year-old people with inguinal hernias and they all did fine. So it's not something that, if you've got a severe heart problem or a severe lung problem, that raises the issue of any kind of surgery producing a problem in your life. But if you're not in those categories, you are candidates for that. And smaller hernias, they enlarge a little bit. They're the ones more likely to become incarcerated and then you're facing with gangrenous intestines. Okay. Well, I thank you very much. I just had that big question on my mind and I wanted to ask you about it. Well, it can be done. It Am can't. I too old to have to do this? No, you're not too old. This past uh, three weeks, I've operated on <clears throat> three people, three people for major giant hiatal hernias. All their stomach were herniated up in their chest. That's a big one. And uh, the youngest one was 90, and the oldest one was 93. So you can see there are a lot of things we can go ahead and do. And this is all done laparoscopically. And the majority of patients, if you're not having a horrible heart to begin with, you have a good chance of going home in four hours after surgery. Well, thank you very much. Okay. Uh, thank you for your information.
<coughs> Thank you for calling, Milton. That's <coughs> definitely hopeful information for Milton. And some yeah. people who are told or think before they even ask that they're just too old. It really yeah. isn't age, right? It's really your condition and... Condition yeah. of the patient, mainly. I, I got 30-year-old people, but probably could not tolerate surgery, you know. We're right. just saying, okay, we don't expect them to live long anyway. But in this case, we're seeing the good aspect that don't give up on their age unless they got other comorbidities that can really create a contaminating, destructive process during the surgery. So we wait on that. Yeah. So no one's ever just too old. Age alone right. is nothing. Not a doesn't okay. bother me either. <laughs> 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 okay, so tell us um, some more things about what else would you like us to know about repairing hernias? When you go in and repair a hernia, what are you actually doing? Because it, does it go through the muscle? Is that there's a tear well, in the actually, muscle? Well, <clears throat> actually, the procedure we don't go through muscle. When we go in laparoscopically, we make three little incisions up here, put our scopes in, and go down and open up the tissue around where the hernia is. And once we get it freed up, we insert our mesh through the little hole, put it over that area, tack it in, mm -hmm. and then close up the tissue, sew it up above it, and it fuses and it's done. When I had my hernia surgery done on me, I was telling earlier this morning that I had my surgery done on a Thursday afternoon. I actually operated that morning, went in and had my surgery, two of them fixed on both sides. I was able to go home right after the surgery. I went home two hours after the surgery, went back to work operating on the following Monday. So recovery time is quick when we do hernia surgery in areas like that. Majority of laparoscopic surgery fall in that 90% category. Wow, well you're nothing like having a good example with the doctor <clears throat> doing it, that you have your own good experience about it. Yes. Okay, I think we have another caller for you before we close. Belle, what is your question? Uh, I would like to know what a G-point procedure is. Uh, say that again. I'd like to know what a G-point procedure is after you've had your uh, point of your surgery. I'm not sure. I've never heard that phrase. It's a G and then P-O-E-M. Well, that's a phrase I'm not familiar with. What was okay, that they said they only do it at uh, Austin Hospital. <clears throat> what was it, what was your original surgery for? I've had a high hernia surgery about two years ago, and now they want to do a procedure on me called G point G, and then a dash P O E M, and I was wondering what was what. Is what it, do you do? You have a what are the procedures you, for that? Do you have a recurrence of your hernia there? Do I have what? Have a recurrence of the other hernia? That's what they want to see. I guess they want to go down. Well, it's going down my mouth, you know, and uh, with a scope and, and look down in my intestines and things. Oh, they want to scope you. Okay, that's a GI uh, procedure, <laughs> a gastrointestinal procedure. It's not an opera operation per se, no. Mm -hmm. So that's all they're looking for. They want to look in and do it. Okay, so that's all that is. So that's all it code. is. Okay, then. Okay. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for calling. Good luck to you. And so we just have a few more minutes. Dr. Bird, what is one thing that you'd like to leave our viewers <coughs> with talking about hernias <coughs> and repair? Well, a lot of people think surgery is painful. And pain is an issue that was resolved. I would say 95% of the pain from doing a procedure open 
it's, it's been reduced by doing it laparoscopically. And uh, it's, it winds up being, and the success of preventing recurrences of it, uh, it's, the recurrence rate is lower than doing it open. <coughs> so I, uh, I've, I've liked it and favored it and I recommend. I have a lot of colleagues that are all doing it, so we're all happy. That's a good sign right there. Right. And if you feel like you have any of this, to so definitely call your doctor. Go right away. Don't right. let it go too long. And right. if you have a problem communicating with your physician, I don't mind being a third opinion for you. You can come in and I, I can tell you, and we can maybe deliver you out of a circumstance. That would be very nice. Mm -hmm. And people can call you directly. They don't need to get referred from their doctor. They can just call you and come see you That's right. for another opinion. Mm -hmm. Well, you've certainly helped our viewers today. We've had a lot of really wonderful calls and great mm -hmm. questions. Thank you so much. Thank you for being yeah, sweet sure. to put up with me. <laughs> it has been my pleasure. I've really okay. enjoyed it very much. Do you okay. want to give your phone number one more time to anybody <coughs> who's watching? Uh, the office number is 212-4799 is a good one to call. Okay. So anyone can call you with any questions they have and come see you and you can give them that other opinion. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Well, thank you so much. We look forward to seeing you again, Dr. Bird. Okay. Appreciate thank it. you. Sure. And thank you so much for watching Healthline 3. We'll see you again next time.